Welcome to Talking with the Animals, an exploration of animal communication. Join animal communicator, craniosacral therapist, and NES practitioner Caroline Pope as she discusses how to understand other species as they truly are, not just from the human perspective. That's right, Mecco. Discover how communicating with our four-legged friends can open up a whole new world for both of you. And now, your host and Australia's most recognized and well-known animal communicator, Caroline Pope. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Talking with the Animals. I'm your host, Caroline Pope. Thank you for joining me. Now, today might be a little bit of a rant, so bear with me. But this is a topic that's particularly close to my heart. Uh, many of you may or may not be aware of ECVM in horses, equine complex vertebral malformation. Now, basically, this is now at pandemic levels in the horse world. So think of it like COVID, but with a 100% death rate. That's right. 100%. These horses are born. It's a congenital malformation, so they are born with it. Um, but basically, the horse world has chosen to bury their head in the sand for a long time. Now we're, of course, at the point that it can no longer be ignored, one would hope. However, people are choosing to do so. Now, my own experience started with... Um, ECVM or C6-C7 malformation as some people may know it, with my own horse Champ. I took Champ on never actually intending to keep him. Uh, a lovely friend of mine and author Catherine Kovacic, check out her books, they're brilliant. Uh, she offered to pay. I was so wild about this particular horse and um, he was going to be basically probably going to the doggers or something. So I said, I was talking about it to her and she said, look, if it's money that's the problem, bless her, I'll cough up, you get him right, retrain him, we'll get him a good home. I said to her, you could be up for several thousand, doesn't matter. So we started. Then when I moved, we found my pony was blind. Uh, it wasn't that she was quiet, she was blind, she didn't cope with the move. So, of course, there was no um, you know, thing that I wasn't going to keep champ. And the laugh was on me. I'd always said I would never have a thoroughbred. I thought the sun, the stars, and the moon rose and set in champ. Absolutely adored him. Uh, once we got up to the stage of getting ready to ride, um, I started very quietly. He hadn't done much, and I hadn't ridden for quite a while. Uh, he, I noticed he tripped over his front feet a bit. In actual fact, he tripped over so badly one day he gave himself a blood nose, threw up his head trying to keep me in the saddle, then went down and smacked his nose, poor little guy. So, and the first time we did a canter, I noticed he just, he didn't feel right. So I got off and lunged him and was horrified. He was shuffling at the front and bunny hopping at the back like a dog with hip dysplasia. So I thought, right, not going to ride him again until we've got posture, till we've got correctness, until he can move freely. If he can't move freely in about a um, 40 meter circle, then I, he shouldn't be carrying a rider. So for about four months, we built him up gradually and then came the day to get back on. It was windy. Um, but that never worried champ. So that wasn't an issue. And we did our lunging. He did very well. I jumped on, 
um, did two circuits at the walk and he wasn't bad. A bit toey, which I put down to the wind. And then um, I decided, right, we'll do one trot either way, um, one you know, circuit of the arena either way, and that will be that for the day. Well, we did one side. I challenged diagonal. I got two steps and he exploded. Only word I can use for it. Uh, I don't know how I stayed on for the first um, couple of bucks and rears. I'm even looking back now, I'm quite impressed. But ultimately, um, I went flying through the air, crashing down. I was lucky. Um, couldn't feel my legs, which was a little scary, or it would have been if I'd had time to process at the time. I was actually much more worried about trying to breathe because oxygen is your very good friend and I was completely winded. Uh, I tore the rotor cuff off my shoulder, whiplash my neck, dislocated my jaw, a few other odds and sods. But as I say, I was lucky. Now, Champ was lucky from the point of view, I did get a vet out and he just said, no, get a different rider. And I just knew, um, no disrespect to this vet, great guy, but I just knew, no, it wasn't behavioral. And by this time, he'd started to spasm through his thoracics. Long story short, after much chasing around, um, I got him x-rayed. I'd heard of the ECVM, was fortunate enough to get a wonderful vet who knew, and she just said he was a textbook case. And by the time we'd worked out what was going on, these horses get to a point and then they deteriorate very rapidly. And that's what was happening to Champ. Um, they become hypersensitive, some of them, not all of them, with their skin. Champ had loved to be brushed. You basically couldn't touch him. From being an incredibly quiet horse, he was dangerously spooky. And I remember the last two days, I had booked to have him euthanized. The last two days I had to tell people not to go into his paddock because I was worried he was going to hurt someone. And he, I think the last 36 hours, he dropped nearly a quarter of the muscle on his face. Once these horses start unwinding, it can be dangerous, um, both for horse and rider. And I remember the day before I euthanized him, he was bucking in the paddock by himself and I was actually worried that he was going to break his back. The pain levels for some of these horses are extreme. Now, the racing industry, of course, has known about this for a very long time. I have included a YouTube link to... Um, a clip by Sharon May Davis, a lecture. Now, please be aware when Sharon was taping this or it was being taped, Sharon was told it would not go to the public domain. So when she starts talking about death threats from the racing industry, that is because it was never meant to be public. Now, of course, the racing industry, we are talking thoroughbreds because obviously they're ridden. And this of course, is why many horses that are raced break their leg. Because with this malformation, they literally can't feel their front legs. Often they don't always feel their back ones either as the disease progresses. And of course, you know, this is hard enough for the horse as it is. But when you put a rider on, and of course, they're trying to balance their weight as well, it's not pretty and the results can be catastrophic. Now, nearly or over actually now 50%, 50% of thoroughbreds and anything with thoroughbred in it, which is basically most of, sadly, most of your riding horses now have this malformation. In Europe, 
There's actually um, x-rays now. If you're going to buy a horse in Europe, the x-rays are now being asked for. Uh, and it doesn't just affect the bones. They can have nerve entrapment. Um, they can have different or alternative attachments of ventral ligaments. They can have hypertrophy of the scalene muscles. Some of them, their first and second rib, or the, either the first rib is missing or they're fused together. And of course, if you don't have a natural or normal, in inverted commas, rib, where are all your attachments going? These horses are in huge amounts of pain very often. And people unfortunately are blaming the horses for this rather than recognizing that this is a physical problem for which there is no cure. Now, if this was dogs, for example, and I think the uh, problem was documented in Holstein cattle, surprise, surprise, they bred it out of them. But the racing industry in particular has turned a blind eye for a very long time, which of course means they breed more and more horses with this problem and so forth and so forth. Now, to a point, I can understand, I'm not saying I'm defending it, but I can understand why the racing industry don't care. I remember one gentleman, an absolute credit to him for being honest, said to me that there are no long-term problems in the racing industry. So by the time these horses start to become an issue, uh, five, six, seven, apparently the average age of on the dissection table, according to Sharon May Davis, who has done a huge amount of international research on this, is nine. Horses should live to about 30. And of course, to get on the dissection table, that doesn't happen in 24 hours. These horses have had a problem for quite a period of time. So after my um, experience with poor champ, obviously yours truly is somewhat paranoid now about um, ECVM. Wasn't going to get another horse with it. So after I lost my mare Arwen, I decided to go to the Hero Program, Harness Racing Victoria, because as many of you know, I'm a standy nut, love the temperament. And I decided that I would get an ex-race horse that has been trained, and that's part of what they call the Hero Program. The Thoroughbred uh, Retraining Program is called Reset, and the Harness Racing Victoria one is called Hero. So I um, found a horse that I thought I liked the look of and went and saw it, and he was a beautiful, beautiful horse. I um, had organized, I explained to the woman on the phone that the trainer that um, I would be paying my vet to do the malformation x-ray because of my past history and she was quite interested in it and I sent her the link, the YouTube link that I will include with the notes. It's about an hour and a half and I would ask every single horse person or horse rider to watch this. You may literally save a life. So any rate, I toddled up to this um, place and he was a beautiful horse. As I said, we x-rayed and this horse had the malformation. He also had some fairly severe neurological issues and the um, vet said, there's no way you can ride this horse. There's no way. He's already got neurological issues at best paddock ornament. If you can't find him a good paddock ornament home, then euthanasia is your only option. Now, absolute hats off to this trainer. She 
went the whole hog and she found this horse a wonderful, wonderful home. Um, she Because she didn't have anything for me, I went to another one and got my beloved swag. Now, I um, keep I will list swag's injuries now and then I will talk about Hero again later. But I sent the veterinary report to Hero and explained to them that you have this male. I actually called the woman and explained what was going on, told her that it's in over 40 to 50% of standard breads have this problem. So Hero were told about this. I gave her the link to the YouTube clip to watch and explained that they really did need to be aware of it because, again, racing, not a problem. They don't last that long. But if you're selling horses as a riding prospect, you need to know about this because, you know, these horses hurt people. Sooner or later, someone's going to be either a quadriplegic, a paraplegic or dead because of one of these horses they needed to know about it. So I then went up to Katamatite, got my beloved swag. Now, I knew he had injuries, but his temperament was so, so good that I was going to take him on anyway. Now, at three years of age, this horse had bony changes to both hocks and a bone chip in one hock. He had a re- on the right hock. He had a really badly damaged Achilles tendon on the right hind. His neck was really badly out of alignment, often happens with a... Um, a sulky fall. He had torn um, muscles. His All his pec muscles were torn off the sternum and he had damage behind the girth. None of this had been treated. Ultimately, four months and three days later, Swag died as a result of those injuries. He went on to develop bone cancer in the shoulder uh, and I lost him due to this. Back to the malformations. I then went and looked at another horse, same trainer because I really liked her. And of course, as a hero retrainer, she continuously had horses going through. So I looked at another horse. Now, this horse was huge, um, fairly quiet. But sure enough, when we x-rayed, guess what? He had the bilateral malformation, not the unilateral. Now, the bilateral both sides as opposed to unilateral one side, some of these horses can be ridden and do quite well for quite a period of time. But, of course, with my history, wasn't touching it with a 10-foot barge pole and this horse already had choke. Now, often horses with the malformation, because the nerves are affected, will get choke. Hence, that was another red flag to me, wasn't touching him. Again, I let Hero know. Now, this horse um, deteriorated rapidly and less than three months later was removed from the property. Um, Now, this trainer was absolutely gutted, as was I, and she wrote to Harness Racing Victoria, explaining as a trainer what was going on and that she wanted the horse's um, tested and trial because, of course, it's not just the riders, it's the retrainers. She was worried if these horses haven't been x-rayed for the malformation and it can be done, then, of course, you're putting your trainers in danger. 
I wrote to the integrity manager, integrity in inverted commas with an extremely sarcastic overtone, myself. Now, in this letter, I explained what the malformation was. I sent him the YouTube clip. I pointed out the fact that legally it's a problem. I have checked two hero horses and paid for two x-rays. Both horses weren't rideable. I also explained about uh, the injuries that my swag had had because as the officer of so-called integrity, notice the so-called, he's supposed to be worried about welfare issues. Supposed. I also spoke to him about several other matters, including in my email, I asked why nearly every standard bread I saw had a bow tendon in the left front because of the way that they train. Now, the trainer that I had used that also wrote off to them because, as I said, she is potentially in danger too. And she does, if these horses, she's being paid to retrain horses to be ridden. They need to be fully veterinary checked and x-rayed for the malformation before they go into the HERO program to keep everybody safe. Not just the humans, the horse as well, because this, as it develops, can be incredibly painful. And why would you knowingly put horses through this pain and potentially hurt a rider? The trainer received a response from the HERO program. They asked her to leave. Rather than addressing any of the problems, knowing that they'd known for six months with the first horse I'd done, that they had had these x-rays, the explanation, the vet report, the whole box and dice. For over six months, they had chosen to do nothing. When she raised it, they terminated her contract. That's right. Harness Racing Victoria would much rather terminate a contract of one of their trainers that raises welfare and safety issues. And in that email, they also said, oh, yes, we've heard of this. Uh, we also heard from this girl, Caroline. Um, we're not even going to bother to reply to her because clearly you've set her up. So the integrity manager, so-called, didn't even give me the courtesy of a reply, not only over the C6C7, but over why my horse was so badly injured how that was allowed to happen, why he wasn't treated by a vet, any of those problems, or why all these horses have bowed tendons. Harness Racing Victoria would much rather have them look pretty, have this lovely so-called image, and do absolutely nothing. Now, please, anyone that's listening to this, I urge you to please look up equine complex vertebral malformation for yourself and please make the time to watch this video that I will include in the notes that Sharon May Davis did. It not only explains really well what happens and how it it's actually gone on and you'll actually see pictures of the bones um, and you'll all know once you've seen it what I mean about the sternum because that particular sternum still does my head in. But also, there's a whole bunch of things to look out for, to be aware of, because if you're riding and you're aware of this and you see somebody, 
with one of these horses, don't be afraid to speak out. You may literally save somebody's life. And please, anyone with a horse, share this podcast. It's not about me, not at all, but we need to raise awareness. You know, Europe is nearly 70% of its um, performance horses have this, 70%, so that's 7 out of 10 horses that are never going to be able to be ridden for any length of time, that when you do ride, you're going to cause pain and who ultimately may well kill or maim a rider through no fault of their own. And the industry is turning deliberately a blind eye. And because of people like the so-called integrity manager at Harness Racing Victoria, people who are turning a blind eye and burying their head in the sand to this major issue, it goes on. We need to step up and take responsibility. I do believe they're starting to find genetic markers, but at the very least, every horse should be x-rayed by someone who knows how to do these x-rays and find out, and anything with these malformations shouldn't be bred from. That's at least a starting point because otherwise someone somewhere is going to be killed. Someone somewhere is going to have lifelong injuries and may become paralyzed, either quadriplegic or paraplegic, and everywhere are horses in a huge amount of pain because we humans are choosing to ignore what is right under our noses. Thank you for listening to this episode of Talking with the Animals. As always, don't forget to like, subscribe, and please, particularly with this podcast, if you can share it, I'd really, really appreciate it. The more we know and the more that ECVM becomes public knowledge, then hopefully the quicker we can help the horses. And feel free to contact your local racing establishment, be it galloping or or harness racing and ask them, do you do the malformation x-rays? Please, if you are looking at buying a horse, look at getting an x-ray before purchase. With over 50% of riding horses now having this, it's a one in two. And is your life really worth risking those sorts of injuries? And is it really fair to put a horse through that amount of pain that's easily preventable for both of you. Thank you for listening to Talking With The Animals. To learn more about Caroline and the services she provides, visit caroline-pope.com. You can also find her on Facebook at Caroline Pope Animal Communicator CST and NES Therapy. Are you ready to change the way you see your world and the animals in it? Well, we know his answer. Don't forget to subscribe and see you next time.